Acts chapter 17. All right. And uh, page 281 in your book. Page 281 and Acts chapter 17. So, my goal here is to finish the last chapter. um, And we'll see how that goes. It's not a very big chapter, um, but there's a lot in it. So I don't know that we're going to finish it. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's only taken a year and a half. That's page um, uh, 281, chapter 14. Continue the, the continue book. Oh, 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 Acts chapter 17. I'm going to have to separate you and Lawrence. I mean, but you know. (laughs) Acts chapter 17, and then page 281 in your book. So once everybody gets those two uh, places, then I want to start by asking a question. So one... As my wife just said, it has taken us uh, about a year and a half uh, to work our way through this book with, you know, pit stops along the way. But uh, about a year and a half we've been we've been working on this. Uh, and my quest, my question is this: Why have we spent so much time working on this book? There's three. There's three. There's three reasons. Okay, can can somebody tell me what these three reasons are? Why have we spent a year and a half working our way through this book? I'm sorry. So we actually understand. Okay, very good. That that would be the first reason is as what I what I wrote down is personal growth. Okay, so that we can grow in our walk with the Lord, and and uh, uh, so it would be personal growth. Uh, any idea why what a second reason would be? Okay, work on what what I wrote here is our commitment level. Okay, so once we start to grow, then we <clears throat> a lot of the second half of this book has been focused on our commitment level. Okay. Good, good. Good. Well, that was the, that was my hope and my desire. And you know, one time I don't know if you remember or not, but one time, probably five or six years ago, uh, we did a special class where we went through this book in 14 weeks. And at the end of that. I, I felt like we had been drinking out of a fire hose. You know, it was it was just so much information so fast that we couldn't really talk about it. 
So about a year and a half ago, the Lord just started working on my heart to revisit this book, but do it slowly. Now, I, didn't, I had no idea it was going to take a year and a half, but, <laughs> but my, my hope is as we have gone through it, that you have, number one, you've grown personally. Number two, that your commitment level has, has risen. That, that's been my prayer, my desire. Um, can anybody think of the third reason why we've done this book? Please God. I'm sorry? Please God. Well, please God, yeah, you know, but that's not the third reason. <laughs> that's a good reason, that's a, but that's not my third reason, okay? <clears throat> John? Okay, that that is another good reason, but that was not my that was not my third motivating reason. Okay, because there were there were three things that motivated me to do this. Yes. To understand, um, well, I don't know how to word this. Who we are, what we believe, why we believe it. I, well, that that. Okay, but that, see, to me, your answer goes to the personal commitment level. Okay, that's where you start putting the pieces together and you start committing to it. Yes, ma'am. Um, <laughs> there you go. The third, the third reason why I was motivated to do this is so that we would understand our personal responsibility to propagate the gospel. See, <clears throat> turn to, and, and I'm going to give you a sneak preview Okay, put put a marker here in, in Acts chapter 17 uh, and turn over to Matthew chapter 28. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 28. This is kind of a sneak preview into next week's message. Um, Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 28, at the very end, in verses um, uh, 18 to 20, what, what, has, what has those three verses, what do we call those three verses? Okay, the Great Commission. Okay, nowhere in that passage is it called the Great Commission, but that's the title that we've given it. Okay, the Great Commission. So let's read it together. Um, Matthew chapter 18. Um, uh, cha- chapter 28, verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. So, my question, and again, I'm, I'm, I hope I don't take too much away from next week's message, but my point is this. In Matthew chapter 20, and I, I already turned away from there. Let me go back. Um, I don't know why I turned. In, okay, <clears throat> who can tell me what a verb does? Okay, a, a verb shows action. Uh, I mean, no, I couldn't hear you. Or a state of being. Okay, 
but it's a, it is a it is a it is an action word. Okay, so can a command be anything other than a verb? Well, let, let me let me rephrase that uh, because that's not a that's that's not what I wanted to say. Look at look at these three verses. And can you tell me the verb in these in these three verses that is the command? Okay. Okay, how many of you think it is the word go? Raise your hand if you think the verb command, the, the, the command verb is the word go. If you think that, raise your hand. Okay. That is not a that is that is not a command. The command is not to go. Now, I, I'd have to again. I don't want to give away my message for next week, but it, it, that is a that is a um, that is it is a verb, but it is not a command. Okay, it's a. Um, I, I, I'd have to. I'd have to look at my notes for next week. Um, but it's it's like a it's like a. Um, uh, adjective, an adjective, or anyway, whatever. Um, the command, there is only one command. In these three verses, there's only one command. And that is to what? Teach. The word teach is a verb, a command verb. So, if you take the statement go, and Again, I'm totally trashing my sermon for next week. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to rewrite it. <laughs> if you take the, the the statement "go" and the verb "teach" and put it together, what it's saying is, as you are going, preach the gospel. And that is one of the reasons. That is the third reason why I wanted to take such a long time to <clears throat> go through this book so that now you are equipped to be able to go and share the gospel, to teach. Go ye therefore unto all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And though I am with you always, even to the end of the world, amen. That is the command, is to make disciples. And it is our responsibility as believers. And so as we come to this last chapter in the book, I want you to kind of keep that in mind, that threefold reason why we have spent a year and a half going through this so that you could grow spiritually so that your commitment level is more today than it than it was a year ago, a year and a half ago. And that you now have a desire to go and teach and make disciples. One of the, I think, me personally, one of the uh, highlights of this study is the section that, that Lawrence did. Uh, he he taught me a lot of things, and uh, I I hope that you feel the same way. 
but uh, it was a blessing to me to uh, to sit and let let him teach me for a little while. It was a blessing. See, that is that is that is fulfilling Matthew chapter twenty-eight. So let's go ahead and turn to uh, chapter fourteen here in our books. <clears throat> See how far we can get, and I'm going to quit. No matter what happens, I'm going to quit at 10 after, okay? No, I'm going to do it, okay? No, Acts chapter 17. We'll be at Acts chapter 17, but we're on page 281 in our books, okay? So it says, congratulations. You are on the home stretch of the continued discipleship course. Uh, You've come a long way. Uh, in the past, uh, 32 studies, or we can say year and a half. Uh, <laughs> 13, 13. What did I say? 32. Oh, how did I get 32 out of that? Good night. I can't blame that one on the dyslexia. I don't know what happened there. Um, <clears throat> uh, 13 studies. Wow, that's that was weird. Uh, uh, in the final study will see the importance of not just uh, beginning, but finishing your Christian life with faithfulness. Like the Apostle Paul, we want to finish our lives still faithful and looking forward to meeting the Lord. Second Timothy chapter uh, 4, verses 6 through 8 says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day, and not me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I love that verse. Love that verse. Well, that, that portion of Scripture. Uh, He continues, the author continues, the Christian life uh, is not just a journey of knowing facts. And I I want you to underline that statement because that that is such an incredibly important statement. The the reason we have been doing this for the last year and a half is not so that you get more head knowledge, but hopefully that you get more heart knowledge, that it changes your heart. It is... A journey of knowing, loving, and serving God for a lifetime. That is the commitment level that I was talking about. So, uh, in this study, we will see three vital areas in which uh, you must continue. Okay? Any questions, any statements before we move on? Okay, uh, continue uh, in the Word. Continue in the Word. Again, this is the, 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 if, if you don't spend time in the book, then, then it's, it's the, the rest is worthless. You've got to spend time in the book. You've got to spend time in the book. Uh, the baseline for being a disciple of Christ is continuing in His Word. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then said Jesus unto those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, 
then are you my disciples indeed. Walking through uh, this discipleship program uh, with a mentor has hopefully given you the, uh, a good foundation in understanding God's word and applying it to your life. But don't stop now. Uh, this is just the beginning of a lifelong journey of continuing in the Word of God. My hope and my prayer is and has been that this study will be a, uh, what's the word, um, a way to whet your appetite to dig in deeper. A springboard. There you go. That would that would be even an even better word. Now, one of the things that I I wish, um, uh, well, let let me let me rephrase that. Um, Randy preached for me several times. Uh, uh, so did Jim, but Jim's not here. Uh, but Randy preached for me several times while I was on vacation and and helping my dad and all that. Um, let let me ask you. Well, Lawrence is here too. And Lawrence taught that the the lesson. What was it? Eleven, I think, chapter eleven. Um, did you guys, when you were when you were going through this and when you were preparing for your messages, did you have to learn more than you taught? You do. You do learn more, right? Exactly, and 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 that is, and and. You know, as a pastor, I always feel the same way. I, I always feel, I don't know how you guys feel, but I always feel very inadequate whenever I present a message that I, I got a whole lot more than I was able to, to, to communicate. Um, and, and that's the way it ought to be. And we should have that, we should have that appetite to want to grow and to dig into God's Word and learn as much as we can. And I, I, my, my, again, my hope and my prayer was that, that by doing this lesson, that it was what we accomplished in your life. To, to, to want to dig in and to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no, not get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but no, but spend the first hour of your day in God's Word. That is, that, that, that is, that is the answer. Because He has the answers for us. <clears throat> Your first blank here. How do we continue in the Word? Number one, the first blank here is receive the Word. Receive the Word. <clears throat> Maintain a spirit that is teachable and receptive to the Word of God. I can't underestimate that statement. If if you do not, when you sit down and read the Word of God. If, you, if your heart is not prepared to receive it, what have you just done? You just wasted your time. How many times, and I, please don't raise your hand, because we are all guilty of this, okay? We are all guilty of this. But how many times have you come to church and your heart not be in it. You're going through the motions and you walk out, <clears throat> you walk out the door 
not changed. And the Word of God is just, you've sat through a sermon and it hasn't changed your heart. We're all guilty of it. See, my wife and I have gotten in the habit years ago, we start preparing for Sunday morning services Saturday night. When the kids were little, we we would um, have them prepare their clothing and all of the stuff so so that on Sunday morning it was an easy transition to get them to church. It wasn't a, oh, what are we going to wear today and blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't a chaotic situation. Why? Because we wanted we wanted our family together as a unit with, so that when we went to church, we were relaxed, we were ready to receive the Word of God. It is a process to receive the Word of God. Um, the, the next sentence here, uh, receive it with a ready mind and search it with a hungry heart. If you, <clears throat> again, let me say this before we read Acts chapter 17. Um, I have gotten to the point in my life where years ago, particularly when I was in college, I felt like in order for me to be right with God, I had to consume large volumes of the Word of God every day. And with my learning disability, that is almost impossible. I can I can read large volumes, but but I have a hard time comprehending large large sections of scripture. And the older that I've gotten, and the longer I've been a pastor, the more I've realized it is more about getting a little nugget out of scripture than it is reading a whole bunch of scripture. Does that make sense? So my 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 emphasis is this. Go to God and say, God, give me something this morning. And I've done that, and I'll be honest with you. I'm just being transparent. There have been mornings I've read multiple verses before God has given me something that I can hold on to. But there are some days I can read two or three words, maybe a sentence, and God just speak to my heart. See, that's what God wants. God wants you to have a hungry heart to grow. Now, does he want us consuming large portions of Scripture? Absolutely he does. But he wants us to do it with a hungry heart. And and bless my wife. My wife is one of these people that her reading comprehension, and Ashley's the same way, Her read, their, their reading comprehension is very high. And they can read large portions of Scripture and understand it and retain it. But but I, I'm I God has not gifted me that way. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Having four little ones in the house doesn't help either, I'm sure. But um, um, Acts chapter 17. Who wants to read verse 11? Okay, go ahead. Okay, what what does, basically, in a nutshell, what is this verse talking about? The 
Okay, nothing thrills me more. Nothing thrills me more than when somebody, I see somebody taking notes and then later find out that after my sermon, they go back home and they go back through my sermon, through the notes and verify, double verify everything that I said to be accurate. Why? Why do you think that's important to me? I'm sorry? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it is definitely a sign of growth on their part, but it, it holds me accountable. Because I'm not perfect. I remember back, this has been many years ago, but uh, I, I said something in church on a Sunday morning, and, and it was not a good statement. I, I don't remember what it was, it just too many years ago, but it, it, was, it, was, an, it was inaccurate, scripture-wise. And we got in the car, and as, as we were literally, as we were turning left on Main Street, Melanie looks at me and said, do you realize what you said? I said, obviously not, because I have no clue what you're talking about. And she said, you said, and she told me what I said. I said, I said that? <laughs> you know how it is, you know. I said, I, I actually said that? And she said, you said that. I did. I did. But, the, yeah, I, you know, the, the next Sunday, I, I clarified and said, look, I was wrong when I said this. But my wife is the one who had to tell me. I didn't, I didn't realize I had said it. And I asked the question, I said, how many of you in the church heard me say that and knew what I said was wrong? And about a half dozen hands went up. I said, why weren't you the ones told me that? Why, why did my wife have to tell me? There should have been a half dozen people standing at the door at the, after church saying, hey, pastor, we need to talk. See, that's what this verse is about. <clears throat> when, when you hear uh, God's word preached or taught, remember to look past the messenger to the authority of the word itself. That Underline that sentence. It is not about the messenger. It is about the authority of the word of God. Uh, and, and let me say this, in defense of, of, of pastors and teachers, we make mistakes. And we say things, don't we? That later we like, eee, I should have said that. But it's the authority of the Word of God that changes lives, not the messenger, not the delivery When I was in Bible college, let me say this. When I was in Bible college, um, I was exposed to several um, young men, guys that were younger than me, that were just gifted, gifted in the in the ability to deliver messages. I mean, these guys were just phenomenal, and I I used to be so jealous of the fact that I thought, wow, I wish I could I could preach like that. You know, what I found out, God made me to be who I am. 
And I have to stay within the bounds of who I am. Except for, I wish, how many of you know the guy who does the Allstate commercials? That guy with that really deep voice. I'm, man, what a, what a voice. I love that guy's voice. I like listening to those commercials just to hear that guy talk. Like, man, I wish I could. Ugh. It's almost like they do that on purpose. I know, I know. Okay, the author continues. He says, approach God's word with a willingness to receive and obey even before you hear a specific message from it. Let me say this. Okay, well, before I say what I'm about to say, uh, somebody look up 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Who wants to look that up? Okay, Melanie, you look that up. There have been times in the past um, that I have come to church. Not, I mean, here and before I was a pastor, but there have been times that I have sat in church and heard a message and been convicted about something that the pastor never mentioned. Or the evangelist or whoever. But because I came in with a tender heart, God was able to use the word of God to convict my heart about something that was never mentioned. Have any of you ever experienced that? Amen. Amen. Go ahead and read 1 Thessalonians, if you would. Oh, it's it's in the book. Oh. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay, First Thessalonians chapter two, verse thirteen. Amen. Amen. It's not. It's not. It is not my word. It is the word of God. And it is the word of God that changes lives. So, yes. So you moved fast. Just quite before, when you were talking about in Bible college, the men had were such great orators, great preachers, um, and they were gifted in the pulpit. Ashley can attest to this that many of those are no longer in the church. Right. Right. One of my favorite preachers when I was in college, uh, preacher, well, we call him preacher boys, but he was a, he was a married, a married student like myself, but considerably younger. Um, just super gifted. Today he's selling cars. Because he was dependent on his ability to deliver the message instead of the power of the word of God changing lives. And uh, it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Okay, it is. We've got two minutes. <laughs> Any other comments? So we're not gonna we're not gonna give you the next point because we only have I two minutes have left. A note in mind when you were going through the uh, the last point that before we read Thessalonians. Yes. I don't know 
Absolutely. Learn. Absolutely. And, and to me, when you see that, it, the willingness to receive, if you come in with a belligerent spirit and you're just all in your own power, you're not going to hear anything that, right. that God has prepared for you. It is a humble, humbleness. Okay, we have a, we have a professional teacher here. Okay. Now, granted, she's a kindergarten teacher, but she's still a professional teacher. Okay, let, let, me, let me ask you a question. Can you teach if nobody wants to listen? <laughs> okay, you can talk, but you cannot teach. You can go through the motions. But if your students do not want to listen, then you're not teaching. You're just talking. And, and, and it is so important as, as a church that we understand, and I'm a minute late, um, we as a church need to understand it is about our hearts being tender when we walk through the door. Anything else? Because you're on your time now. Yes, swift to hear. There's a reason why God gave you two ears and one mouth. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. Um, you're supposed to listen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your precious love. Uh, and the work you do in our lives. And Lord, we do ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us through your word, and that you would help us to be more like you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.